I was always, as long as far back as I can remember, I was always the chubby kid. I was always, uh, you know, overweight uh, at 18 years old, morbidly obese. So, you know, when we men are supposed to be at our peak, I was my my heaviest uh, and, and my sickest. Uh, I always suffered with something all the time. You know, I had chronic bronchitis and, you know, all sorts of allergies and all these kind of things growing up. But even as I got older, you know, into my, you know, 30s and, and, and beyond, I'd still get chronically sick like four or five times a year to the point where, you know, you can't even make any sort of progress from an exercise point of view or whatever the case actually, you know, maybe it's even activities, you know, I used to like to run and golf and I'd just be making some progress and getting a little bit ahead and then you get sick and I get so sick where I couldn't, you know, I could still go to work and stuff, but I basically couldn't uh, work out. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and coach, and also author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating, The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is to always bring you guests who lead their own lives with enthusiasm and have different ways of helping us to become better versions of ourselves. And today we have a guest who is really a, a person after my heart because we, we work in the same space a lot of the time. Steve Haxaney is the founder of Deep Haxaney Health, which is directed to reversing the effects of aging. He comes from a background in the corporate world, actually, um, but his background also includes overcoming health challenges, such as an autoimmune disorder, back injury, and lifelong battles with obesity, which he seems to have conquered pretty well. Um, he's uh, a speaker, author, podcast, and summit host, and uh, is actively working on becoming a centenarian. So uh, hopefully, well, I, I expect to have my 100th birthday party before yours. Hopefully we'll, we'll get to celebrate with each other. I was going to say, I want to be invited, Ron. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, Deepak, it is great to have you join Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's a pleasure to have you here? It's a, I know we're going to learn some interesting things, and I personally am more than interested in learning what you have to say and how I can apply it to myself. So. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Ron. I really appreciate being here today. Great. Well, let me ask. I mean, I, I mentioned a few things that don't necessarily fit for someone who is working on reversing the effects of aging. Talked about you being in the corporate world. Uh, having some health issues yourself uh, uh, in, in your background. Tell us a little bit about your journey, how how you got to be Deepak Saini. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess I was born Deepak Saini, but I, I, know where you're, I know where you mean your there. Your present so. day version of Deepak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Ron, for the opportunity. So yeah, my first career uh, was as a CPA, um, professional account, spent 20 plus years in corporate accounting, corporate finance, that sort of thing. I was always, as long as far back as I can remember, I was always the chubby kid. I was always, uh, 
you know, overweight, uh, at 18 years old, morbidly obese. So, you know, when we men are supposed to be at our peak, I was my, my heaviest, uh, and, and my sickest, uh, I always suffered with something all the time, you know, I'd chronic bronchitis and, you know, all sorts of allergies and all these kind of things growing up. But even as I got older, you know, into my, you know, thirties and, 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 and beyond, I'd still get chronically sick, like four or five times a year to the point where, you know, you can't even make any sort of progress from an exercise point of view or whatever the case, actually, you know, maybe it's even activities, you know, I used to like to run and golf and I'd just be making some progress and getting a little bit ahead. And then you get sick and I get so sick where I couldn't, you know, I could still go to work and stuff, but I basically couldn't uh, work out with any, any level of intensity, more than a walk for like four to six weeks at a time. So it was like two steps forward, you know, one and a half steps back uh, constantly for, for years and years. And, but where it really came to head for me was in 2014, my youngest daughter was a baby and I ended up hurting my back really bad. So I had no flexion. So I couldn't bend over at the waist. So putting on my socks, shoes, very painful, getting in and out of a chair, very difficult. That includes, you know, the toilet, but the low point, I could not pick up my daughter out of her crib. And we had a high crib. It wasn't like I had to bend over that much. 10 pound baby, I couldn't pick up over a crib. So I didn't recognize it myself at the time, but you know, looking back now, you know, I wasn't golfing, I wasn't running, couldn't pick up my daughter. I probably, I was probably in deep depression. Uh, so I made it my mission. I was already into performance. I was already into, you know, researching and that sort of thing. Cause I was trying to get better. I was trying to become a better athlete, uh, you know, in my, in my thirties, late thirties. So I just shifted that focus and all that effort into how do I heal my back? So I found a modality and, you know, I like to say as, as well, I, sh I shouldn't get too far ahead of myself. The Western medical system, I like to say wasted 18 months of my health, ineffective treatments, miss, uh, um, wrong diagnosis, run around through the system, uh, the whole deal. So I finally took matters into my own hand, found a modality uh, to heal my back. But in doing that, I also made lifestyle changes. And I'd already started implementing some small things along the way leading up to that point but really went all in on lifestyle changes for me, a multitude of things, but primarily through nutrition, primarily bringing inflammation down. And not only did the treatments for my back work better, but lo and behold, of the hundred pounds that I've lost, the last 60 of that like melted away in a number of months. My autoimmune condition basically went into you know remission. Uh, I essentially have not been sick for nine years. And yeah, and, and then I healed my back. Uh, and of course, that's a daily thing that I have to keep working on. But as as my coworkers and business colleagues and business associates, et cetera, you know, people only, they don't ever see the internal struggles with us, right? You know, the kind of the mindset and the emotional stuff, they only see the outside. When I lost that weight, the last 60 pounds really quickly, that's when they notice. And they're like, hey, you know, can I buy you a coffee? Can I take you out for lunch? What are you doing? So I started like, hey, this is what's working for me, you know, read this article, try this. And I started informally coaching people. And I've been a youth, uh, youth sports coach, uh, you know, when I was younger, I always looked to as a leader in my, in my uh, companies that I worked at for, you know, training younger staff, that sort of thing. So that very, you know, that kind of came naturally to me. So, you know, I ruminated that for a while, but I find it's like, like, you know, I, I enjoy this more than being a CPA, helping people so they don't have to go through the same things I went through. So I started what, you know, I started coaching, you know, what we now call a side hustle, you know, that, that term didn't exist back then. And just, you know, evenings and weekends working with clients who were like me originally, weight loss, back pain. But as I evolved myself, and as you mentioned in my bio, you know, I have a publicly stated goal to be a centenarian plus, 
as I evolved in what I want for myself and how I approach my own health, my own aging, and not be limited by these societal norms of, you know, when you get to a certain age, you're supposed to feel this way, you're supposed to be on so many medications, et cetera, et cetera. And I, as I shifted my own focus that way, people were drawn to me. So over time, and it's evolved, you know, now I work with people specifically to change the relationship with aging so that they can have a better experience uh, than maybe they, they they witness with their parents or their grandparents. So that's kind of how, how I got to where I'm at today. And generally, do you find that that people who reach out to you, that they've gone through some kind of a, I don't know, bottoming out situation themselves or are people starting to, to look at prevention, the, the notion that you don't have to, you know, have a, a serious disorder before before you start making changes? Yeah, great question, Ron. I, I think it's a mixture. I think some people have gone through similar or different type of things and they're looking for alternatives or someone to help guide them. Again, there's a lot of noise out there. Um, you know, even, you know, in the latest and greatest cutting edge science, there's a lot of noise and conflicting. So looking for someone to guide them. And then for other people, it's like I mentioned before, they just like, they're more aware, they're more attuned. And they're like, I don't want to see what my parents went through or are going through or what my grandparents went through with all the be Alzheimer's or cancer or any other sort of thing. And they're being more proactive. So yes, I'd say it's both where people want to be more proactive. And then also some who like, I've gone through this, I, your story resonates with me. How do we go forward from here? And I'm wondering, uh, what do you draw upon? I mean, uh, your your training is a CPA, not as a, either a Western medicine or a Chinese medicine physician. Uh, what, where do you get the information uh, to draw upon other than your own background? Absolutely, uh, absolutely, Ron. Great, great question. I'm not a doctor by no means. Uh, you know, I am a I am a professional coach now. I went and got a lot of sort of certifications in nutrition and movement and functional movement and uh, and uh, you know and, and coaching the act of coaching. I am a coach in that sense, and a lot of it does come down to forming uh, correct habits, working with people and their insecurities and their challenges that they have in in daily life, and then bringing in that knowledge. Uh, on various topics. Plus, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, to use an overused term, you know, I think it's become a little overused, you know, I'm a biohacker and self uh, uh, experimenter as well. And uh, not that anyone has to do anything I do by any means, but I just, you know, meet people where they're at, uh, educate them, and then also point them into, you know, the right direction for further uh, research on their own. So again, I don't diagnose, I don't treat, I don't do anything like that. I help educate people use my story, use other resources and where needed. And for, for those people, again, I have a group coaching and a one-on-one coaching program. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But for people who work with me one-on-one, I also act as a concierge for services that, uh, you know, go beyond my scope of practice. And I have a, you know, a network of practitioners where I can refer people uh, to. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very careful, careful with that. But number one, I'm a coach and educator. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I'm wondering, uh, do you find that, I, I mean, I think it makes the most sense that this be a kind of a lifetime, you know, lifestyle uh, to be, to, so that, that you're not making drastic changes at some point in your life. Um, do you find that people in their 20s or 30s or 40s think much about uh, the aging process or uh, some mostly people that, once they, they pass 50 or 60 or whatever it may be. 
Yeah, great question. Uh, I think people in their 20s, 30s, they more think, more think of it, you know, they do have that, they don't have that long-term view. It's like, that's something for later. And if they're focused on health, it's from a more aesthetic or perform physical performance uh, point of view. I find when people start to get in their 40s, that's starting to change a bit. Now they've had kids, uh, they're maybe looking back. I'm not how, how I used to be. I'd, lo I'd love to get back. I was 10, 20 years ago. And now they're starting to see that aging process in their parents. Uh, my typical client is probably around 55. Uh, although I have, you know, people on the extremes, I've worked with people in their mid to late seventies. I've worked with people in their mid uh, early thirties, but probably around 55. So again, that, that plus or minus where people are like, they're still working. They're still active. They're probably part of that sandwich generation where their parents are still alive or, and again, hopefully not, but quite often, unfortunately, they're starting to deteriorate for whatever reason. And they have young families themselves or teenagers or that sort of thing. So they're right in that where they're like, now they're seeing what's happening. They're like, oh, geez, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I'm going through now with my parents. And that's where the real shift seems to happen. Uh, again, it's, it's a broad spectrum, but my personal clientele, that's kind of the age where I, on average is probably around that 50, 55. And just uh, for the listeners of the podcast, uh, assuming that somebody is in reasonable shape, uh, probably at at uh, a stage in life where they can have some control over their lifestyle, uh, don't want you to compete with your coaching program. But are there a few general principles that uh, can guide people who want to be able to uh, kind of prophylactically uh, stay on top of things so that that reversing the age uh, process that doesn't become a dramatic thing for them later on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer that, Ron, in kind of like two, two different ways. So I guess number one is, you know, I'm all about making small habit changes. It's, it's very difficult to make drastic changes, no matter how committed you are. You know, I have this sense that unless you're, you know, even if you're an absolute rock star, from a mindset uh, point point of view, it's very hard to just go kind of cold turkey and just go drastically in one direction. You know, so I, I like to work with my clients and build small habits, small wins, easily to implement just a few at a time, sometimes even just one at a time, and then stack them and build on it so that over a course of time, it becomes a lifestyle and it's not a drastic change. So that's, that's number one. Uh, and again, yeah, we're, we're not going to compete with anyone in my program here, but generally, you know, I, I'd say the number one Depends what people's goals are, of course, but overall for health and, and longevity or health span, uh, sleep. Most people, and I work with a lot of A-type uh, people in their, you know, uh, executives, uh, you know, uh, or whatever they are, you know, they're, they're in their in their sphere of influence. They are looked at as, as upon a leader in whatever sense that might be. And, hey, we're, and we're all leaders in our own right, obviously, but they tend to put sleep last. You know, it's like because they want to get stuff done. So, you know, I think sleep is probably the number one important thing for our overall health. Uh, a lot of people just because they physically look fit from an aesthetic point of view, uh, their nutrition is actually pretty terrible or could be improved. And they actually have a lot of inflammation. I see this a lot as well in, uh, again, let's call it the A type. So, again, in that sense, probably, you know, the nutrition lever is the biggest lever we can pull to help, uh, uh, help them optimize their nutrition to bring inflammation down because that's the things that's going to age them later. So there's a lot of little things where people think they're in great shape and they may vary well from a physical point of view, think everything is going right, 
but there's a lot of little pieces, a lot of nuance that they don't understand or they have never never been taught or never learned. And that's kind of where I feel help to educate them and fill in the gaps and try and, uh, you know, even optimize them even more. Yeah, it's interesting that you put sleep first because I can remember in terms of my own life when moving forward and accomplishing things. And I seem to be proud of the fact that, uh, you know, if I could, if I could get five hours of sleep, I, you know, I could function. And it was only when I decided, Hey, this is crazy uh, that I realized, you know, there are people who go through the day and don't yawn, you know, that, that there are things you, you can actually feel a measurable difference, which I, I think is probably true for any of these things. If you start eating healthier and so on, you uh, exercising more, you, you do that. So what Absolutely, happened? Ron, before you go to the next question, I, I think you bring up a great point here. So as you're well aware, and I'm probably a lot of your audience as well, you know, it's not to say how much time you're in bed, it's the quality of the sleep as well, right? So, you know, some per, one person's, you know, just to use your example, five hours of quality sleep because they handled all everything that goes into a good night of sleep is going to be more restorative than someone who's in bed for eight hours and they have poor sleep hygiene and all this sort of thing. So, you know, I, 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 I love I love that you brought that up. So what happens if somebody comes for coaching or when I say comes for it, I know you're, you're in, in Canada, right? In Western Canada. Uh, Correct. So do people come to you? Do you do it online? And, and so I, I wound up asking another question, but with those two questions, when, how, how do people find you? And, and also what, what happens uh, in, in a coaching program? when we're talking about reversing the aging process? Absolutely, great question. So yes, I, I do live in Western Canada. I live in Alberta here. Uh, I was doing the online thing before I was, uh, you know, really in fashion, you know, pre-COVID and that sort of thing. Uh, I was probably 50-50 at that point, and now it's more like 90-10. So I mostly work with people online. I have clients all over the world, primarily Americans, or most of my clientele, I obviously have some, I do see some local people. And, and then I, yes, I can see them in person here and there for certain things. But yeah, I mostly work online with, with, with people. Uh, so so that to answer that part of the question. And then when it, what it really, I guess I work with two people, two different ways. My group coaching program, which is a 10 week program, which I'll just very high level. So um, again, it's group coaching. We all come together twice a week for 10 weeks. And we go over a number of fundamental um, areas uh, of, of focus. And again, it's education, building small habits in those areas so that people can get, you know, quick wins and, and, and start to build on those. Uh, but again, of course, there's only so deep and, and so much we can cover in uh, 10 weeks. Uh, and then when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, that's for a year-long program. Obviously, more in-depth, we add, you know, there's more areas uh, that we cover, including advanced, you know, scientific topics, you know, stem cells, peptides, you know, you, you name it, type of thing. Again, I'm not a doctor, as I mentioned earlier, but I can help facilitate that, uh, them arranging that if that's something they they so choose. And we go a lot deeper. But, uh, you know, uh, and, the, and the group course is, you know, there is some individuality and, you know, we have a Q&A sessions every week as well. But there is sort of a curriculum to follow through, something that I feel is very a logical uh, sequence of how to approach aging. And we can maybe talk about that more later. When I work with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, we try to follow that somewhat, but I also meet clients where they're at. So sometimes, you know, uh, by no means am I a relationship coach, but in it, in inevitably relationships come up either in it's how we're doing habit changes, how I'm going to change the nutrition plan when there's other people in my family, obviously our relationships and our, uh, the emotions around some of our relationships play a role in our 
in our mindset, in our stress, how we sleep. So we have to address those things as well. So invariably, you know, relationships and other things uh, come up. And again, you know, I know when to uh, outsource where needed, but uh, yeah, just talking people through and actually the coaching, really coaching them through because most people, you know, as you're well aware, Ron, you know, a lot of times they know the answer it's in them and they just, you just have to help pull them out. And really that's what coaching is all about. So coach them in that sense and then provide the education and then resources uh, where they need it again for, for my, when I'm talking about one-on-one one -on -one coaching clients. And, and the really practical thing, I know, I know uh, given how much weight you lost, uh, I, I have clients, patients who, uh, you know, are a little concerned that if they don't eat between meals, they'll go hungry. Uh, and, uh, you know, perhaps not considering the possibility that, that, staying hungry is is an alternative to eating too but uh the, the fact is uh i know that for a lot of people that that's one of the really most difficult things uh is to to deal with learning how to eat healthy and and you've got an obesity epidemic what just from a, a practical standpoint in terms of your own life once you reached where where you are at this point uh do you, is your relationship to food different or is it a, an ongoing struggle? Ron, that is, that is a great question. So, so how I lost the hundred pounds kind of came in stages and the last, that last 60 pounds versus the, the first 40 was basically chronic cardio to burn yourself out. And that contributed to my back injury. The last 60 was bringing inflammation down through nutrition and cutting out uh, high glycemic foods and you know, let's call it grains essentially. And and even after I lost that 60 pounds and kind of got healthy and my immune condition went remission, et cetera, that's changed over time. Like it doesn't look like it did, uh, you know, nine years ago as it does now. But I found, and I, I've done a lot of genetic testing. I know what are my trigger foods, uh, what caused me inflammation, what I'm, uh, you know, have responses to, et cetera. So, you know, I've, I've crafted that, but you bring up a good question. Even to this day. So I, I had a, I had a unhealthy relationship with food growing up. And that was just part of how I grew up and how we associated food in my household as a, in my parents' house, as we, as we grew up, that is still always there. Right. I'll, I'll just use a perfect example. So pizza was my favorite food growing up. Always, you know, like even when I was older, like I I could I could crush a whole pizza like nobody's business. My younger daughter, and she's got different, uh, she's actually at a different stage of life. She has different uh, genetics than me, uh, et cetera. She takes a lot after her mom more uh, than, I, than she does for me, et cetera, et cetera. So she's in a different place. So, she, you know, pizza is her favorite food too. So pizza does come into our regular rotation every, you know, maybe every two weeks we have pizza. Uh, it, does it, is it a food that serves me? Absolutely not. Do I know the strategies to mitigate that kryptonite for me? Yes, I do. And so I will partake, not all the time, but quite often I will partake because I still love pizza. But I know how to mitigate that. But where I'm going with, where I'm really going with this is I still have this, it's improved, but I still have this relationship with food in certain aspects that is, you know, from a scarcity mindset, let's call it. When is when is my next meal coming? Even though I have no, I have no scarcity. Uh, you know, look at our, my freezers and my pantry. We have no scarcity food, but I still have that mindset from when I grew up, of what you know, in uh, of like, I can't waste food. 
you know, and now it's just changed from, you know, more healthier things. But like, I, I've, I've shared this many times before, you can get sick by eating too much broccoli, uh, you know, just steamed broccoli, you can have too much because, geez, this is going to go bad. I'm not going to waste food. We don't waste food in this household, right? This is all programming I had as a, as a kid. I'm going to finish this entire head of broccoli and then feel sick of, sick afterwards. So is it a healthy food? Absolutely. Is it good for is it good from a micronutrient point of view? Absolutely. Did I overdo it? You bet I did because I still have that struggle sometimes. So that's an ongoing battle. Absolutely. And again, it's something that I can relate to when I work with my clients as well because they're going to have these certain things. It might still be the original pizza or the cake or the donuts or whatever is for them. Now, for me, it's it's certain things uh, that are and it's evolved over time, but it's still a struggle for me. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm and I own that. And just I have to make a conscious effort to make those healthy choices. And for me, again, this is kind of going back to how I work with my clients. Very first thing is working with the mindset. Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want healthy aging? Why do you want to be able to play with your grandkids or go or dance with your granddaughter at her wedding? Really tied to that purpose and why. So for me, when that, you know, whatever it is, that pizza, that, you know, glass of red wine, whatever it is, is like, no, no, because I have this goal. I never want to go back to where I was in 2014, where I couldn't move. And I have goals for the future. I have a mission. I want to, I want to impact a million lives through my work. That's more important to me. And that makes me pull back. I'm not going to have that today. Or I will, and I'm doing it with intention because I want to be part of the family and I will take steps to mitigate the risk. So that's kind of how I approach it. And that's how I like to kind of tie it back to working with my clients is what's the purpose. And you can put life into living, but you have to have intention with it and also know what's the big goal. Again, which I call purpose, why, guiding light, North Star, whatever you want to call it. But it's really, you know, kind of connection between your heart and your mindset as well. It's so interesting because it makes me think of, and I've shared this with listeners in the past, that uh, when I worked in an, in an office, uh, it was not unusual that if somebody came back from vacation and, uh, or sometimes a vendor would bring in, you know, food and so on. And the mindset, and I, I think it may be a generational thing, it may be other, other kinds of influences, um, for some reason, we don't grow up necessarily using hunger as a clue, uh, as opposed to, is it there and might it disappear, you know, if, if I don't eat it? Because I remember, you know, say somebody came in from vacation, brought two box, two a box of two dozen donuts, uh, and there may be 40 people who work in the office. Figure it out. If if I don't grab it when I now, I, the donut may not be there later without stopping with that intermediate step of why do I want to eat it anyway? I wouldn't have eaten it if, if nobody brought it in. And I think, you know, just retraining the mind is, is a pretty difficult thing, uh, but well worth it, which brings. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I don't share the story. So, you know, when I was younger, like I don't know, elementary or something, I'd walk by the convenience store on my way home. So, you know, I get a little pocket money from my little job or whatever. And I'd go in and buy basically a chocolate bar every day on the way home from school. So this, I don't know how old I am, like seven, eight years old. Even at that time, I would literally like do the math on like what chocolate bar gave me the most grams for the same price. So I could get more because it was a better value because I wasn't going to waste. I was going to get the most bang for my buck. I'd always get the the Mr. Big or whatever because that was at the same price as the biggest chocolate bar uh, you you could buy. Uh, you know, so again, it's that 
you know, when you grow up with like finish what's on your plate or, hey, we're going to the buffet because it's, you know, eat as much as you can because we paid the the $9.99 back in those days. You can good luck find a buffet at that price now. Right. But, you know, we paid for this. And, you know, when you have that kind of mindset and that mentality, that is hard to break. Absolutely. And like I mentioned just a few months ago, it still sticks to me. I just have a greater purpose now that holds that down. So, yeah. Anyway, sir. So maybe that's interesting when when that kind of thinking went, maybe that's when you stopped being a, a CPA because it sounds like, you know, you, you have the training for it by figuring out the grams and the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, which brings me to, to one of my uh, final but really important questions. Uh, working with older folks and, and about half of our listeners are in the second half century of life and uh, some are retired and so on. Not unusual for somebody to say, well, I've been this way all my life. Uh, you know, how, how can I change after 60 years, 70 years? Um, is there a time when it's too late or where it's more difficult or more challenging? Or, or what, what's your answer to somebody? You know, I, I can understand if somebody is 50 and they say, you know, I, I don't want to be sick like my, my parents were. I want to be able to... Uh, walk down the aisle with my daughter uh, when she gets married, you know, whatever it may be. But but somebody who says, hey, you know, I've, if I didn't eat better or if I didn't exercise during my first 70 years of life, uh, how am I going to do it now? Ron, I'd say the best time for someone to get started in, in improving their health was for most people, it's probably like 10 or 20 years ago. The second best time is today. It's never too late to get started. Now, is it more challenging the longer you wait? Of course it is, just like anything else in, in life, you know, saving money for your retirement, whatever, like you start early, you know, it's all the same principle, right? That being said, it's never too late to start. Uh, if I could just share a really quick story, I worked with a lady last year, 73-year-old grandmother. Her uh, doctor wanted to put her on a whole host of medications or he wasn't going to fulfill her she was on thyroid for a medication for a while. He was going to put her on blood pressure, statin, something else. I forget now. She didn't, uh, you know, and he wasn't going to refill in this. So she bought herself six months. Somebody connected us together. We worked on just a very few simple things. She actually ate pretty good, slept pretty good. There's just a couple levers that she wasn't pulling. We worked on those. And while not perfect, her numbers, both her cholesterol and her blood pressure improved enough. Their doctor's like, and she lost uh, gain lean muscle mass and lost body fat, uh, working in just a six month period. The doctor's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to give you another six months. <laughs> he like couldn't, couldn't believe it. So 73 years old, it's never too late. I've worked with people in their late seventies. Uh, I think 81 is the oldest client I've ever worked with. You can start to make small habits. Would, would it have been better to start 30 years ago? Of course it would, have. but you can always start something now. And if, even if it's not, lifespan and it's not always about lifespan it's about health span you can increase that health span if you can just push something off by you know weeks or months and in many cases years hey it's worth it yeah absolutely when you think in terms of the the number of people who now live into the 90s and who reach 100 or more um that can be decades of of a difference in quality of life between doing some of the right things and some that aren't. Absolutely. So we've talked about uh, some of the, the things that, that you believe in, some of the 
uh, your your coaching approaches in general. Let's get specific since we have a little bit of time left. What what kinds of programs do you offer? How do people get in touch with you? Uh, what you know? It's been real exciting to hear both what you do and how much hope you give to to a lot of people. So I'm I'm sure that people want to follow through and uh, how they do it. What do you got to offer and how they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, first of all, what I offer, so I, again, I mentioned earlier, I, I do a, a series of uh, cohorts of, of my group coaching program, which is again, 10 weeks, uh, in an inter- introductory to it, again, uh, deep enough that you're in a, in a number of areas, you're going to start to make new habits and, and and build on those to move your health span in, in, in the right direction. Uh, again, I offer that three times a year. Uh, and then I also work with people one-on-one coaching. Again, that's a year-long program. It's more obviously time uh, investment uh, in, in, into that. And anyone can start that anytime. And the best way uh, to sort of get a hold of me is, uh, you know, I actually have a gift that I love to give to your your listeners. And I'm sure I'll put the link in there. So it's Deepak Sani Health forward slash freebie. It's a, it's a guide, uh, seven steps to reverse the uh, effects of aging in minutes a day. And a little bit of a, an, a, an ebook there. And then it's also the uh, a tracker. So you can read through the materials, find a, a habit change that resonates with you. Maybe it's one, maybe it's all of them. And you don't have to do them all at once. Take a tackle them one at a time and then track it for 30 days uh, in the book and then go back and try a different one. If once you uh, kind of master that habit change. So that's a, that's a, fr- a free gift. And then, you know, that puts you into my ecosystem. And then uh, I want to also, you know, share with your audience, I'm going to be running a health summit uh, a little bit later this year. And it's, uh, again, we're kind of keeping on theme here, reverse the effects of aging. I'm going to have, you know, 30 plus speakers talking on various topics in their zone of genius on how you can reverse the effects of aging. So we have, we have, uh, speakers on sleep and speakers on nutrition and on movement. We have some speakers on advanced, uh, you know, what I call cutting edge technology, stem cells and exosomes and peptides and everything in between speakers on mindset, speakers on healing, you know, traumas that might be, you know, holding us back a whole host of things. So again, I would invite people to join my ecosystem, download the guide, and then uh, we'll we'll certainly uh, let you know when the summit's coming out and, and it's uh, it's uh, free, free, free to join for people. So uh, come check out the, the health summit as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, uh, there's so much uh, available from you that you're sharing. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing it with our audience. We'll have all this information in the show notes so people can uh, be in touch with Deepak. Uh, It's, there's just, you know, as someone who's going through trying to do the same process to, to kind of age with enthusiasm, age with good health and so on. I, I, really applaud the work that you're doing. And the great thing is that that pretty much, I believe everything you do can be done online. So people can, you don't have to live in, in, in Alberta to benefit from DPAC. So uh, it gets cold here in the winter. A lot of people don't want to live here. So yeah, it's like, (laughs) we can do it all online. Great. Great. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, is there anything that you think I should have asked you but didn't or anything else that are kind of a parting thought that, that we should keep in mind? I mean, it's it's been so hopeful, aside from informative, but hopeful to know that not only are you aiming to be a centenarian, but that 
your sharing techniques that can allow other people to do it. And since, again, so many are, more people are doing it now, it's a lot better if you're in good health than not. Absolutely. And Ron, first off, I appreciate the the opportunity here to speak uh, to your audience. And that was a great conversation. If I could leave something with the a, a takeaway, you know, I, I think what I'd like to say is, you know, a lot of people have or many people have a good grasp on like one of the pillars of health. Maybe they eat really well, or they're very diligent with their exercise and their walking, or they're very diligent with their sleep. And those are all great things. And, and a lot of people even can combine, you know, a, a couple of those together. But there's a lot of other factors that sometimes we don't think about, you know, again, back to the mindset around aging, some of those advanced topics, even just like environmental factors that like hardly anyone ever talks about. So I just want to make people aware that even though you feel like you're doing fantastic, which is great, keep up what you're doing, but look beyond. There's other areas that you probably could optimize. Uh, again, there's I, mean, I kind of just touched on just a few, uh, but uh, essentially when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, there's seven buckets that we that we look at. So even though you might have one or two of those buckets handled really well, there's probably opportunity to be optimized even in those, but look beyond as well. So Basically, what I'm trying to say is never stop learning, never stop striving, regardless of how old you are. Well, human beings are so complex. There's always room for improvement. And you're a terrific guide to help us improve. And again, I really, really appreciate you spending the time with us, sharing your wisdom, and look forward to the, the summit and all the other opportunities that, that we have by being in your ecosystem. And so this brings to close the, another episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Really had an informative and great guest in Deepak Saini and um, learned a lot. We implement it. Hopefully we can all live longer, healthier, in a more positive way. And uh, in the meantime, you know, you got all the information in the show notes. Uh, be in touch. Hope we'll see you at the summit because, I mean, that's that's a, a great opportunity to learn from some of the world's experts in, in the health area. And um, all of you, I hope you'll listen in again, download it, tell your friends about this episode, rate it, review it, and then be back next week when we have another interesting guest. Again, it'll be hard to, to top Deepak's contribution, but uh, We'll work on, on, you know, helping us to become better versions of ourselves on a weekly basis. Until then, everybody stay positive, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.